Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. China has a lot of really large cities, just like the U.S. does, to be fair, but Shanghai dwarfs. New York City, as yeah. does oh, God, yeah. the largest city in the world. I don't remember where which it was, but it wasn't Shanghai. Shanghai's the second, if I remember correctly. However, they, they, these cities exist in a scale that 200,000 people working in a single factory is beyond my understanding. Mm. Yeah, and they even well, have dormitories that are there. And, of course, now because of COVID lockdowns, they're forced to live there 24-7. That's why they've been trying to get out. What was that? I point? had never heard of Wuhan before COVID, mm-hmm. and it has... I can't even remember how many people. Millions, oh, probably. Like millions and millions. Yeah. Well, China itself has more than a billion people. Correct. Yeah. So. Correct. And now, as of last week, we were talking about how there's now f- over 400 million people on lockdown in China. Well, apparently, some people have had enough, and now there are Sadly, protests. Sadly, I don't think that's gonna, I, I don't think that's going to be what we find the case is, though. I don't think it's that they've had enough of the oppression or oh, the lockdown no. or anything like that. Really. My based on what I've saw recently and some of the complaints we were hearing from these factory workers who we talked about last week at uh, the Foxconn factory, mm-hmm. their their biggest criticism of how all of this is handling being handled is that the Chinese government isn't doing enough to keep them safe. <laughs> you should have seen that coming in. Like that's how they were acting at the beginning when we first heard about uh, yeah. these things, and then. They were protesting with masks on. They learned their fear True. from the Chinese government. It's the one that told them this thing is deadly. It's not a joke. We have to do all of this in order to keep you from dying. And people are still dying and getting sick. And they're like, that's true. You Chinese government, you're not doing enough. That is what they were saying about the Foxconn escape attempts. But in this story here about the protests going on in China right now, that apparently the police are cracking down hard uh, against, it does have to do with the restrictions. Sam is on the line calling us from Ohio. He's a podcast listener, uh, which you can subscribe to, by the way, over at our website. It's feeds.freetalklive.com. They'll take you right to our podcast links. Uh, but Sam, what's on your mind tonight? Just curious if you have any updates about your Crypto 6. Now I take it you and only Aria case? Uh, no, uh, it sounds like you've been disconnected for a little bit. Aria, unfortunately, did take a plea deal. I mean, I don't blame anybody for doing it. It's a, it's an intimidating Aww. situation. Um, well, she I has- mean, I don't know that I would necessarily say all, but so backing up, it seems like the last time you heard when it, it was just well, the everybody wants to see a good point, fight, right? Aria. I mean, that's yeah. why they're disappointed, right? Yeah, you know? <laughs> but you know, I we filed a motion to have the charge dismissed for operating an unlicensed money transmitting business mm-hmm. because the whole crux of my defense was that the uh, FinCEN or the Treasury, they weren't authorized by Congress to do what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So, And that's why I wasn't breaking the law. That was the crux of my defense, essentially. And then the judge said, no, my decision is that all of this is right and it's going to go forward. Mm-hmm. At which point I was oh. faced with being, uh, according to... I've, I had good reasons to believe that I was being faced with being found guilty and getting sentenced to prison for three to five years or pleading guilty to that charge and getting probation for three to five years. Maybe. Yeah. Well, probably. Mm-hmm. We we don't know. There's no guarantees in any of this, right? right. However, that was essentially the path before me. There, There's still, I mean, obviously there could still have been some possibility of being found not guilty by a jury, mm-hmm. but everything yeah. I heard and researched in my case, at least suggested to me that that was... That was like betting on winning the lottery, I suppose, from Maybe my point so. of view. Maybe so. And it was like, I don't have to win the lottery. I just have to not lose the war. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, you're, you're going to be a felon for the rest of your life as a result. Of I that, am, but, but you, that seemed to be like risk. it was going to be the likeliest result for me yeah. in any event. I would say uh, differently that that was not the only crux of the argument for that particular charge, and I have a few other cruxes in mind, and uh, you know, we're going to go to trial and see what the jury thinks about uh, about those things. So, Sam, that's kind of an update for you. There was another update that was pretty big news that just broke this afternoon, and I, I think I'm free to talk about it since my t- it's attorney, public record man yeah, my attorney <laughs> my attorney made a, f- a filing about it uh they're dropping a bunch of charges like good all the f- so-called fraud related charges have been publicly revealed this afternoon as being dropped from uh from the case and that's they are like, being dropped they have not been dropped yet the prosecutors have not said yes we're dropping these or at least not in not any public form yeah basically there's this was one of those things where the attorneys talk behind the scenes with the judge, and so like, and the, you can't go to these things. No. That, that's how corrupt the yeah. institution really is. That the prosecutors and Ian's attorney and the judges they can all sit together and have these backroom deals, and he he's Ian is literally prohibited from being there as they discuss what they're going to do with him. How is that considered a fair a right to a fair trial? If they're allowed to discuss things about you. In a back room. Well, I mean, anybody that looks closely at the the trial process, the so-called justice system in the United States, independently, you know, if you're not collecting a paycheck from the federal or state governments, should probably come to the conclusion that it is in no way, shape, or form fair uh, to the defendants. You mentioned a really good point. Uh, there's a difference between the trial... And the trial process. Mm-hmm. Like the trial is this thing that's going to take place over a two to three week period here in the God, next yeah. here in the next few weeks, right? But the trial process has been going on since just before March the sixteenth of two thousand twenty one. That's right. And it's got a lot of stuff. There's been all sorts of meetings. Some of these meetings we wouldn't want to go to because it's just the judges and the attorneys arguing over some trivial verb or noun mm-hmm. or something that we don't really care about. We don't want to waste our time dealing with. But some of these... It would be interesting to see it, honestly. Just to see they, how the, there were some that my attorney is, was like, this is what we're arguing about. I was like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Thank you. That's the thing. You don't get to see how they all interact with one another without the cameras. Of course, you can't bring cameras in federal court, but without the potential witnesses or whatever and like what the atmosphere is like between them. So it's obviously a very different engagement for But them. just because there's a trial process and then a trial doesn't mean that... And I don't think Arya is saying that it means that they can just trample on your rights before your trial because you're supposed to have a due process that's mm-hmm. what that word means i mean that, that's what the word deals with is uh the trial process before you get convicted of anything you're supposed to be uh considered innocent and ian and aria have not been considered innocent this whole time they've been punished for it, something they haven't been convicted of you're absolutely right and it's very weird how the all of the laws and precedents on the book tell them that you have to use the lightest possible restrictions on people that you can mm-hmm. in order to ensure your goals. You you can't if you want somebody to appear in court, you can't lock them in their house twenty three hours a day, seven days a week. But that's what they did to Ian. I, I know. Yeah. I know that's right. what they did. But they broke their own laws by doing so. That was exactly the point I was getting at. Is they're supposed to make oh. the lightest restrictions possible, but in almost all of these people's cases, they they went way overboard, and when we challenged it, they always, on every single occasion, had to dial their restrictions back. 
Sure. At no point was it was the judge like, you know what? These restrictions do seem reasonable and required, mm-hmm. but that, that has never happened in this case. That's one of the funny things about this. So, like the sad part, as we, as I mentioned, is that three people took a plea for a charge that probably would have been dropped since those charges just got dropped against me. Uh, well, not yet. Well, they haven't done it officially, but it is essentially a done deal. Based like, on the no paperwork, uh, Sisti was like, the prosecutors have said they're not pursuing these charges further. The prosecution has gone from Ian Freeman is a sophisticated cyber criminal and he is a danger to the community. We cannot let him out of a cage to, oh, yeah, yeah, we don't really want to watch him. I mean, it's, it's taken 18 months, but, yeah. but that's I mean, essentially that's, their perspective now. That's the historical record that was created over the last 18 months. That's that's how things played out. Yeah. So. That's where we're at now, and we got a week till the trial at this point. Uh, jury selection what starts on Tuesday. Hmm? Tuesday what? Tuesday the 6th. That will be jury selection, and presumably if the jury is impaneled within, you know, before lunch or something like that, they're probably going to come back and start the trial immediately really that. that's what that's what i've heard wow i was they, expecting that they would do jury selection that day and there was like okay come back monday and we'll start the trial that's no, what i was expecting no, it's supposed to start immediately yeah that's if they don't, if they don't start it immediately it's gonna go into christmas if it's not immediately it'll be the next day right so it'll be one or the other probably is this uh, obviously the trial itself will be public is the jury selection public yeah yeah okay. anyone can come watch that the only thing that hasn't been determined yet which will need to be determined this week is whether or not the judge is going to authorize an online feed of the the trial so people can actually at the very li- minimum listen like i'm not really concerned whether there's video or not i just want something to be able to be uh monitored by people who can't physically come here this is a national level trial as far as its significance is concerned aria uh you brought the story of the chinese protests to the uh, the table here tonight apparently People are getting out into the streets, and they are tired of these COVID restrictions. At least that's what the Reuters story here says. Yeah, I haven't gotten into the reasons why people are actually you know, protesting, but I always get excited when I see protests in China, because mm-hmm. if any government should be protested against, the Chinese government, well, they should all be protested yeah, against, to be bad. fair. But the Chinese government is one of the least... One of the worst bat, one of the worst out there, yep, and one of the most true. likely to clamp down on people for protesting. So it take, takes a lot of courage for these people yeah, to there's a actually good get out and gonna, do it. You're going to get killed. Yes. You, or disappeared into some death camp or yeah, something. Yeah, whatever happens, because we don't even know what happened during Tiananmen, right? There's just like... No an, one knows what happened, happened to Tank Man. The Chinese government said so. Right. Oh, nothing okay. happened then, right? You can't find it on Google in China, at least. Barely a month ago, Xi Jinping assumed an historic third term as China's leader with hardly a whisper of protest. Well, Mm. it helps when you're an unelected dictator, but whatever. A banner draped on a Beijing overpass was the only sign of dissent against his rule, with its owners swiftly tracked down and punished. It doesn't say how he was punished, of course. Mm -hmm. But I can imagine he was disappeared or sent to a re-education camp. They have plenty of them in Xinjiang. Mm -hmm. Few guessed it then, but that banner calling for an end to draconian zero COVID policies and the removal of Zia's leader was a warning of what was to come. An explosion of anger as three years of failing lockdowns became too much to bear. So you seem to be correct. They're frustrated over the lockdowns. And I think it's good that people are people in China are frustrated over the lockdowns. And I think it's good that China took this no COVID policy because they showed that no matter how much you lock down, no matter what you do, you cannot stop COVID-19. 
Yeah, that's the point that we made last week when they were revealing that now COVID cases are at a record high in China. So this whole zero COVID theory that or this pr- approach that they have there, which is to lock everyone down in massive cities until COVID reaches zero, has not been successful. No, and if going that far to that extreme 100% in order to stop it isn't successful, then why do people think that... The halfway approaches of sort of locking down or closing the bar early on this night or that night. Why would they have any any more success? It's not going to work. Just stop the lockdowns. That's what we've learned. It was always about control and never about safety. Demonstrations against Z, his oppressive COVID crackdowns, and increasingly authoritarian rule are now sweeping the country with activists taking to the streets of Beijing, Shanghai, Wuhan, and Nanjing in an unprecedented wave of dissent. Z has yet to acknowledge the marches, but few expect hmm. him to back down. He, they won't back down. They'll no. just roll out the military and they'll kill everyone who who protests. Did it say how many? It has not given a number. Hmm. Do- Dr. Alan Mendoza warned Mail Online that Beijing will crack down hard and punish the protesters severely as state media today ran editorials defending zero COVID. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they will do. Dr. Mendoza. They cannot admit they were wrong. No. They will double and triple down. They're the god mm-hmm. in the in the Chinese system. The government's infallible. Well, this system also didn't admit that they were wrong either, right? They just changed the message. So mm-hmm. in the United States, they first said, oh, yeah, uh, the vaccines will be 100% effective. And then it was, you know, 96% and then 80% or whatever, right? Like the, the number, the effectiveness number just kept on dropping. Then eventually, like, you'll get it, but it won't be as bad. Yeah. First they said you wouldn't get it at all. And then they they just keep changing and what they're saying. And now it's the majority of people dying of COVID-19 are vaccinated. But they never apologize, right? They never say, oh, whoops, we were wrong about this. Here's yep. what's actually the case. They and they never the will. Story. And I that that frustrated me so much when that little amnesty article came out because mm-hmm. so many libertarians online got so excited about this. Like, no, I won't forget. You made old people die alone and stuff. Dude, they didn't care about your opinions two years ago. They don't care now. You're nope. taking this one little article that didn't even say I was wrong. I'm sorry. It just said, nope. well, I wasn't completely wrong. I was justified in being afraid then, but I wouldn't do it again now. It was not mm-hmm. the backpedaling they thought it was. They took all of that and they extrapolated out to this wide us versus them thing where they're demanding um, we're they're they're asking for amnesty and we're refusing to do they didn't care then they don't care now it is just one person that wrote an article it was no no other mainstream media talking head has released a similar article since then it was just the one and there was no amnesty or offer (laughs) of amnesty it wasn't a discussion that anyone had except the libertarians who didn't understand that they're irrelevant to the discussion at hand. It, it didn't matter that we didn't want to comply with their stuff in the first place. Why, why would it matter now? Look, I want to clarify. I'm willing to forgive. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't forget. It just it does have a similar. It does uh, kind of sound like want freedom. Yeah, yeah, but maybe not. Uh, I just a, assumed that it wasn't Chinese, and I I couldn't understand any words in it, so I assumed that. But this was retweeted by Northrop Gundam, which is a channel that had a lot of some of the craziest videos earlier this year. They're on Twitter. Uh, Gundam Northrop is the actual uh, username, and they had shown some of the just the insane stuff during the Shanghai lockdown. Is he still there? I don't think he or whoever it is that runs the channel is located there. I, I think, would advise him to them yeah. to not be there. I think whoever runs that channel is just collecting videos. But that they, they can were find. there. 
during I don't believe Shanghai. that's the case. Oh, I, I don't thought... believe that's the case. Based on the way that the posts have sort of been written, it just always seems like it's someone who's on the outside that's sharing really interesting videos from China. Probably someone who's from China Could or be. at least like has, has family, family members there. Yeah. there. Uh, there's a still image here from this uh, one of these protests, and I'm happy to say that of the people that are shown in this image, and it, there's you know dozens and dozens and dozens, you know, all you can see is people here. Uh, I don't see very many masks. So, well, if they're fed up with COVID restrictions, then it makes sense they wouldn't be wearing the single biggest statement of pacification agreed agreed submission but there were some and that was disturbing to me yeah it does make sense what you're saying Arya. but as bonnie pointed out in other videos of quote-unquote protests or like people leaving the factory and that sort of thing 100 percent of people were still wearing masks in some of the in some other videos from china so i'm I'm refreshed to see that there are indeed maybe, maybe that was like their first step of uh rebellion ever in their lives for all we know yeah, so it could very well have been. They just weren't good at it yet. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean it say- does feel good, man. And Saying I, no? Yeah, and yeah. a lot of these people in China will just never have experienced it. Hell, a lot of Americans have never experienced it. Absolutely. Yeah. But just having some authority figure tell you to do something, no matter how arbitrary it is, just pick something minor and say no. Yeah. Not not something, I'm not saying, you know, pour that, pour that um, quart of oil down your sink or anything like that, <laughs> but... Find something that's important to you that you can disobey on and not, you know, be facing the gallows over and disobey. See how it feels. One no definitely can lead to another no. And it does. This is what I like to do whenever I just want to do something is just look both ways when I'm at a red light. Look behind me. Make sure there's not a cop behind me and just go. Yeah. Dude, okay, um, the place at which I work recently re- relocated, and as a result of that, my ride home from work changed, yep. and my path to get to the bank to make the nightly deposit changed. Right. So now it leads me directly through this red light here at Central Square, mm-hmm. and it's one of these it's ones, one of the worst lights. It, it is one of the absolute worst lights, but I run it every single night. Nice. And I've seen so many people who, I, I hate it when I have somebody in front of me because I know they're just going to stop and yeah. wait on it to yeah, turn green. It's like, sucks. And it's it can take several minutes because it, it doesn't have any sensors to tell now them that, oh, there's so much. Yeah. It will sit there for a full two and a half, three minutes before it turns green. Yeah. I'm sitting there like, dude, go. There's <laughs> no one around. There. If there's a cop, you all you have to do is say, dude, it wasn't turning. There's no one around, so I went. Mm. And they almost certainly won't ticket you for that. They maybe might. They will, maybe they won't. But see, I turn right there. So yes, cops listening, my, my thing will always be, oh, I didn't realize I couldn't turn right on red there. Um, because you can turn <laughs> you can turn right on red at every other intersection in yeah. New Hampshire and almost in the United States. But at this one, they're like no right turn and i understand it when it's busy when there's hundreds of cars traveling through central square but when it's two o'clock in the morning and there's no one around i'm i'm gonna conveniently forget that sign exists Mm -hmm. and i'm just gonna out of habit turn right at the red back to the story here about china you had just started sharing a little bit with us here uh aria and that is that there's massive protests in the streets in chinese cities Finally, after months of on and off again lockdowns now with apparently 400 million people in various different uh, states of lockdown, what else do we need to know? Well, Dr. Mendoza is who this article is citing quite a lot. So you may have a different article that 
is um, a better source of information. He's the director of the foreign policy think tank, the Henry Jackson Society. And I don't know why they're asking him or what expertise he has. But he says, this is a serious concern for Z, given he has just set himself up as dictator for life and would not have been expecting such open dissent. However, it is not existential as his surveillance and enforcement state will inevitably crack down hard and punish the protesters severely. Mm -hmm. China was able to decimate Hong Kong from afar. And that's the true tragedy here that I kind of forgot that even happened. That's how successful China rolled over Hong Kong. Well, think about it from this perspective, though. These people, maybe they realized they had nothing to lose, right? You're literally being locked in your apartment. Yep. To the point where there's another one that just happened. Another apartment fire just happened. I don't mm. remember which city it was, but there's video and people were locked into this apartment building. Thing caught on fire and you can't get out. So unless you're willing to jump for it. And In which I case you're probably going to die anyway. I bet some people tried that because you're definitely going to burn to death. Well, yeah, like 9-11 uh, people did jump out the yeah, windows. Right. And it was really uh, scary, so that. like you literally have nothing to lose. You the, there's no well. worse choice. And the government, the Chinese government is forcing this choice on their people. Do you yeah. want to die in a fire or by falling and breaking your neck? Yeah. I mean, you're probably, the building probably isn't going to catch on fire, but in the meantime, you have no life. You've had your life stripped from you. You cannot go to work. Or in some cases, you're forced to stay at work, like in the Foxconn facility where they're not allowed to leave. Uh, where they work so you're either forced to work constantly uh, or you cannot work at all and this is not a life right like not being able to choose is not a life so taking away people's freedom and of course the most critical freedom is the one to be able to say no to something whatever it is that you're being told to do or it's autonomy over your life it's your own willpower in this case you don't even have the freedom to leave your apartment so I, it doesn't surprise me that finally the people, the Let's clarify, you can't even to... go out into your hallway in your apartment complex. You are literally yeah. stuck in a lot of these cases in your actual literal apartment. And if you want to go out into your hallway, well, you just can't. Well, maybe somebody will snitch on you if you try. I don't know how many of them are physically locked into the hallways, but certainly the gates gates have been put up at the fronts of the apartment buildings. You can't go outside. They're putting uh, tamper-proof cases. tape on people's refrigerators and stuff. Too, it, completely yeah. insane behavior. So it doesn't surprise me that given the fact that they have literally had their entire lives taken from them, all in the name of quote-unquote zero COVID, that finally these people, these the obedient population of China has finally decided to start disobeying. You're listening to protesters. They seem to be singing. They are singing. Uh, apparent, apparently, uh, the lady who's writing these posts, her name is very unusual. It's Eva Ramelou, R-A-M-M-E-L-O-O. She is apparently on the scene where this was a couple days ago. These were posted on uh, November 26th. But this gives you some idea of what's going on in cities all across China. Apparently, people are sick and tired of these COVID restrictions. They're taking off masks. They're coming outside. They're protesting in large numbers. I'm not good at estimating crowd size, but the the images here are tremendous. There's a lot. I mean, I would say thousands of people are out in the streets in this city, which is, she mentions it here in a moment here, uh, she says that song, by the way, was the International, but they also sang the Chinese national anthem, oh, apparently. That's bad. 
as well. That's well, probably the only song they have. <laughs> well, you I know, mean, doesn't all of their? I don't know if they're quite as bad as North Korea, but I know in North Korea, the only songs that anyone is familiar with are those that are written songs. by the state. Yeah, I that's don't think true. that's the case in uh, China, actually, because I'm pretty sure that some of them listen to K-pop. They have pop music there. Yeah, that's true. Oh, wait, wait. It's not K-pop. They have their own, like, Chinese They probably pop. have K-pop there, though. I mean, yeah, China doesn't have as many restrictions as far as what you can okay. listen to. But They uh, did arrest a Chinese pop star uh, who lived in Hong Kong. For not paying taxes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was why? Uh, Shanghai, I mean, that was a movie star. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. But anyway, Shanghai is where this protest is happening, by the way. It's in the neighborhood of Urumqi or something like that. Anyway, lots of people, lots of uh, people in the middle of the night here, it looks like. She says she uh, says the police then divided the crowd into two parts and arrested a few people. More police arrived. They split the crowd and pushed it back. Uh, the crowd, by the way, also chanted, down with the party, down with Xi Jinping, according to nice. this lady. Yep, here's, Go them. Here's, the, here's that particular chant. So apparently chanting, down with Xi Jinping and free Xinjiang, which is, uh, I guess, Xinjiang? Yeah, an area. Yeah, that's the province where they're rounding up all of the Muslims. Yeah. Uh, she says the police are getting tired. One more time, she says, people chanting again. Less impressive as before, but still. Uh, wondering what the vigil, she says, wonder what the vigil site on the corner looks like now. Seems the police have surrounded it. And then she says a new site is being set up down the road. At the south end of the street are more than 100 people. They are yelling, we are all Chinese. She says, first, it was only a few hundred people, but they seem to be coming from far outside the city center. More than a thousand now, she says, she's estimating. And she does show a lineup of uh, many dozens of police down there, but again, they're outnumbered. She says that she asked a police officer if he agreed with the people. He smiled with a very long silence, quote, we can't do anything about it. And then he says, may banfa, which I don't know what that means. It must be some sort of Chinese thing. So uh, as we learn more about this, we're definitely going to let you know what we see and what we hear. But I mean, by uh, Wednesday, more, right? uh, not a whole lot more. It, it points out that um, abandoning zero COVID now would be too embarrassing and a sign of weakness for mm-hmm. Xi Jinping. Right. They can't admit they're wrong. Right. Although that and, and he can't bow to the protest now, least of all, because then, right. then that gives then he the looks people even weaker. Right. He so, might act like it was his idea later because that's kind of what Canada did. I mean, they'll ultimately do that once all of these lockdowns, he's bound to know by this point that he can't carry it on forever. They'll send out the military and they'll crush the protesters. And then a few weeks from now, they go, you know what, guys, COVID's done. We did it. Mm. We got a new strain now that's what that won't kill you nearly that's as much. True. Yeah, they could just simply stop reporting the numbers. Yeah, right? so that, that's yep. exactly what they'll do. But he can't do it now. And the next mm-hmm. thing they're going to do by Wednesday, I would speculate, we're going to be do- covering stories about how they brought in the military and there have been tens of thousands of people killed more by than the COVID. Chinese. Yeah, by the mm. Chinese military. Uh, I have no doubt. Did you have more to, to share from from the report? Not really. Uh, the guy thinks that Xi will turn to repression of some form to stamp out further protests. I mean, of, of course, that's exactly what's going to happen. We've seen it since Tiananmen Square. The, the Chinese government won't show any mercy to these people. It will kill as many of them as it needs to in order to make the rest go home and never speak of it again. 
This one from Reuters gets a little more descriptive. Uh, They say from the streets of several Chinese cities to dozens of campuses, protesters made a show of civil disobedience unprecedented since Xi Jinping assumed power a decade ago. During his tenure, Xi has overseen the quashing of dissent and expansion of a high-tech social surveillance system that has made protests more difficult and riskier. Jason Sun, a college student in Shanghai, said, quote, What we object to is these restrictions on people's rights in the name of virus prevention and the restrictions on individual freedom and people's livelihoods. Where did this guy come from? I mean, to hear somebody in China saying something like that out loud is refreshing. I mean, they've probably been there all along, but it's dangerous to say to these say things, things like in that. China. Yeah. Uh, There was no sign of new protests on Monday in Beijing or Shanghai, but dozens of police were in the areas where demonstrations had taken place over the weekends. Police have been asking people for their phones to check if they have virtual private networks and the Telegram app, Mm. which has been used by weekend protesters, residents and social media users said. You mentioned last week 400 million people are in varying different statuses of lockdown uh, and people are getting out in the streets now and they're saying, no, we've had enough of this. Jason's son, college student from Shanghai, says they object to the restrictions on people's rights in the name of virus prevention and restrictions on individual freedom and people's livelihoods. Now, they are apparently calling in the military. Uh, They're trying to, to check people's phones, their cell phones, to see if they are running a VPN app or the Telegram app. VPNs are prohibited. Asked about widespread anger, this is from the Reuters report over China's zero-COVID policy. Foreign Ministry spokes bureaucrat Zhao Lijian told reporters, quote, What you mentioned does not reflect what actually happened. We believe that with the leadership of the Communist Party of China and cooperation and support of the Chinese people, our fight against COVID-19 will be successful. Yeah, just so everyone is aware, the reason they're checking for VPNs and Telegram is because they're getting ready to slaughter everyone, and they don't want video of it getting out. Yeah, that's true. And this isn't 1989 or 88 or whenever it was that the uh, Tank Man thing happened, where you could only rely on mainstream media and mainstream media video to possibly show you what actually was going on. And who knows what even who even took that picture? Does anyone know? The, it was video of uh, of Tank Man back then. Oh. And no, that's a good question. Hmm. Who who was that? Nowadays, uh, it could then. be like lots of people would probably be like taking a video. Exactly, and that's that's the threat to the status quo. That's the threat to the state. Uh, the backlash against COVID curbs is a setback for China's eradicate uh, efforts to eradicate the virus, which is infecting record numbers. After swaths of the population have sacrificed income, mobility, and mental health to prevent it from spreading. Remember, for people- years. Well, yeah. Well, remember, people have been jumping off of uh, their apartments because they are so driven insane by this. We knew that people in the United States were going to increase their suicide rates on the U.S. lockdowns and the U.S. restrictions, which, as you guys pointed out, were not as stringent as the ones in China. But that didn't stop people from killing themselves over not being able to see their family members and not being able to see their friends because, well, that's what they believed, right? Like, y'all still could have left your homes. You still could have gone out. We did it in Keene. We got together. We were partying in Central Square during the so-called stay-at-home orders. But The moment they went into effect, we were out there. That that night. Uh, But Americans are so obedient, they did what they were told, and then some of them killed themselves over. Well, in China, they did what they were told, and a lot more of them were literally jumping from their apartment balconies. 
Did you or someone you love work, live, or serve at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988? If you or someone you know lived, served, or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988 and has cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, they are entitled to compensation. To see if they are eligible, they need to call Liberty Legal. Contaminants in the drinking water have led to these serious diseases and legislation is now available for veterans and family members who may qualify for financial help from the government. There may be a time deadline, so don't wait. Call 888-918-1037. Anyone that has lived, worked, or served at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1988 and has had cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, the money is already set aside. 888-918-1037. 888-918-1037. You know, some people, they can take abuse themselves, yeah. you know, to a large extent. They can put up with abuse to humans. They can watch other people being being harmed and they can, you know, look the other way and go about their lives. But when they finally see an animal being tortured then that might push them over the edge because i remember it was years ago uh i don't remember it might have been more than 10 years ago it was afghanistan or iraq or something like that do you guys remember the story about the soldier that like threw a puppy off a cliff or I something remember. like that yeah. No. yeah and he was actually punished for that don't know the military if i remember correctly maybe charged yeah there was a lot of outrage understandably but bombing about that bombing Apartment buildings that had kids in them, not sure. So. Wedding parties, all yeah. that stuff, no big deal. But throw the a dog problem, off a cliff. The apartment complexes might have had dogs too. It's just that you didn't get to see it. Though. Yeah, you could see it, and uh, and so I don't even. Was there video of, the, of it? I think there might have been. I, I don't, don't recall now. I just remember I the story. Remember. Yeah, and that there were actually consequences for the guy. Correct. Uh, so <sighs> earlier this year, when the Shanghai lockdowns were happening, we covered those in as great a detail as we could, given that we're not actually there. Uh, sharing some of the, the audio and what it was going on, describing some of these insane videos. If you recall, there were some pretty torturous kind of pet videos that uh, that came out where the Chinese guards, the sort of, let's call them white guards, these are men that are in these uh, white hazmat suits that are the ones that are doing all of the locking people into their apartment complexes, arresting people, beating people, forcing workers at Foxconn to go back into the facilities, all of the videos that you see. They're also the ones that are walking and or riding down streets with these spray guns that are just puffing whatever this chemical is into the air along city streets. So they're demons masquerading as human beings. They are for all intents and purposes. Horrible uh, humans. For sure, demon may may very well be the right word. I don't believe in uh, demons in any metaphysical sense, but I mean these are people who are clearly psychopaths. They have no touch with humanity. Yeah, none. At that point, I gotta say you're a demon. Yeah. So, uh, and some of the videos we saw was of these men like going around the streets, collecting dogs and doing it in a very violent manner. I understand to an extent, like if. If all, I don't remember the population of Shanghai, let's say... If the, 25 million, I think okay. it was. Let's say all 25 million people in Shanghai just vanished. The rapture happens mm-hmm. and it turns out that Shanghai's where all the Christians are. Fine. Okay. That okay. leaves a lot of dogs and cats that someone's got to deal with. And the yep. best way of dealing with that, if, unless you're just going to let them all starve to death, which is one way of letting that happen, is to just go in and call them. Uh, I want to share more from this Reuters story because to their credit, they are reporting on this... 
But of course, they're Reuters, and they, you know, you should still take things with a grain of salt. What it is that they have to say. So here they they're say they're on the Chinese government's side as as much as they can be. Here they say the zero COVID policy has ch- has kept China's official death toll records in the thousands. Well, yeah. that's not necessarily the reason why it's been in the thousands. They can tell you whatever number they yeah. want to tell you. Plus, that's like, a- we don't have any re- way to compare with a world where they didn't lock down. Would it still be in the thousands? Would it be less? Well, right. And then they compare it against more than a million deaths in the United States. Where again, we didn't li- well, Where they lied in the opposite direction. And again, we knew that they were inflating those numbers, right? Yeah. We know that the quote-unquote COVID deaths are probably 90-plus percent people who died from being overweight and heart problems and, you know, old age. But they had COVID, so they marked them down as a COVID-related death. So we know that number's way blown out of proportion. We know there are people that, like, got hit by cars and stuff like that and still got marked as a COVID death. So imagine being Reuters and actually believing these government numbers. That's what they're doing here. Uh, I can't imagine believing any government's numbers from a point of view of a journalist. A journalist, of all people, should know better. Right. But just an average citizen should go, yeah, no, I don't trust any of you lying governments. But has come at the cost of confining many millions to long spells at home, bringing extensive disruption and damage to the world's second largest economy. Abandoning it, meaning the zero COVID policy, would mean rolling back a policy championed by Xi Jinping, the Chinese president. It would also risk overwhelming hospitals and lead to widespread illness and deaths in a country with hundreds of millions of elderly and low levels of immunity to COVID. I wonder why they have such... Low levels of immunity to COVID. Because they aren't allowed to go outside and get sunlight. Imagine that. Mm. But look, they've had two years to build the temporary hospitals or whatever, to train up the medical staff they would need. They've had plenty of time to deal with whatever surge these hospitals are likely to get as a result of reopening. Have they built even one hospital? Because that was why we locked down the United States. Yes, they did. They literally have built quarantine camps now in the middle of highways. There was there was a uh, image of this that way no one can get out. Well, that's one thing, but number two, it's like it's a flat ground. They've already cl- it's already been cleared, mm-hmm. so they literally are building these these COVID quarantine camps straight up down super highways. That's so weird. I it's remember crazy. like during the first lockdowns we heard about that were really bad. Uh, that they were getting people off of highways and people were running out of their cars in China. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what is that all about? Why why are they doing this on the highway? I guess it makes sense. They're Stopping people from going on them so they can build to, on them. To run. I remember it happened here in the United States and the argument was, well, we just have to flatten the curve so that, you know, we have more hospitals, more mm-hmm. hospital staff, yeah. more people trained to deal with it. Major Payne is on the line in Michigan. Go ahead, Major. Hey, and, um, yeah, I called about uh, the, the the assault of the brains, the craniums of our children in the public school system because I was one of those frustrated childs. But uh, me and the captain last night, we were bouncing around this Chinese basketball. And uh, you're absolutely right. I think the breaking point for most of them was they're shooting my damn dog. Hmm. Well, that was for some of them. According to the Reuters report, a lot of the people took to the streets after a fire in an apartment building in the city of Urumqi that killed, well, at least 10 people that they're reporting. So, again, these apartment complexes, many of them have been physically locked down with metal gates, literally blocking people from leaving. 
I know, I know. They welded them all in. They, 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 and even if they didn't weld them in their particular apartment, they welded the floor shut so you couldn't go and visit your downstairs neighbor. Yeah. Yep. And, and and then they welded the uh, the entrance to the thing so where one guy had the key to go out and pick up the food if yep. it was even worth picking up. You know. Yep. It's crazy. And you got all these wild dogs running the streets. It's unbelievably and so inhumane. Yeah. But, but it was, it, 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 it was, God, I can't even think of the proper word right now. Evil. But, I mean. It was it, nothing short of evil, what the Chinese government has done to people in China. Damn dog. And there's all these people. I love my pets. Yep. I've been a dog man all my life. And they have personalities. And they love you just sure as do. much as you love them. You know, if you want to chain a dog underneath an old truck and feed him gunpowder, he's going to be one angry bastard. Yeah. But, is your uh, point that it's not as big of a deal to kill a dog as it is to kill a human? Because I could make the same exact I think argument. That. I, I think, think that's where he's getting. No, no. Oh. I, I'll tell you what, honey. The government thinks it's okay to kill babies and puppies. But you can't throw your dog off the bridge without being prosecuted. There, There's a woman just... Well, you can't uh, throw your baby off a bridge without being prosecuted either, Major Payne. Right, I know, but there was a woman here just two weeks ago, I think it was, in Michigan. She's got a puppy, and she takes her uh, teenage son on a ride with her. And uh, there's video of her. She walks away as the kid's standing next to the edge of the bridge, and he throws the puppy off the bridge. Oh, my God. Wow, she needs to put him in a and, mental uh, hospital. Somehow or another, the cops were alerted quick enough. They rescued the dog, thank God. Wow. And uh, uh, the cop that rescued him adopted the puppy. But uh, shame on them people. And the broad's going to jail. Even if all of the white guards aren't total psychopaths, the ones that were standing around while this other one was torturing a dog are just as guilty for not stepping in and stopping this lunatic from doing what he was doing. So, yeah, there was okay. that Australian story where I think they I think it was out of Australia, maybe New Zealand, they were supposed to move pets from one shelter to another and instead they took 28 of them out and they just shot them. Yeah, it was wow. Australia. Yeah, at least then they shot them. And people were outraged over that mm-hmm. because, you know, they were adoptable pets and they should have just taken them to another shelter. But because, no, COVID rules, yep. we can't cross Stupid. into another territory. Travel, yeah. yeah, that's what they ended up doing. But if they had to, for whatever reason, call this dog, yeah. what you described is not the way to do it. That That's that's a bully torturing something weaker to Absolutely. themselves because they get off on the power. Uh, Late Sunday, protesters clashed with police in Shanghai's commercial hub, where it's 25 million people were stuck at home earlier this year with security forces taking away a busload of people. On Monday, they uh, uh, blocked some Shanghai streets, the so-called authorities, with blue metal barriers to prevent gatherings. Shops and cafes in the area were asked to close. I love how the news media always uses that term. Whenever it's referring to what governments do, it's never an ask. Yeah, China just asks you to close <laughs> yeah. your business. Oh, no, could you please close your business today? No, it's not like that. It's like you do it or we're going to torture you. I was amazed you. by the number again 25 million. Can you imagine trying to tell 25 million people what they can and can't do? Yeah, Why did. did these people just say, hey, no, look, there's 25 million of us. We're not going to comply. And you can't make us because there's too many of us. Unless they're going to nuke Shanghai. 
There's there's strength in numbers, and the people of China have numbers on their side. I don't know why it is, but it's just like in any situation like that, you, nobody realizes that if they all just said yes, it, it's like kind of like I wonder if it's like this that when you agree with somebody when you're a kid, like we're both gonna jump into the pool at the same time. It's really really cold, but we don't want to get in slowly, and then you want to jump in at the same time to make it better, and then the other person tricks you and doesn't jump in. <laughs> you're the only one that jumped in, so they're afraid they're gonna like agree to say no and they're going to be the only one that says no and then they're going to get killed and everybody else is going to live or whatever i don't know but i always wonder the same thing because there's so many situations where there's way more people than the dictator Mm -hmm. they could all just say no now we're going to go to tyranny closer to home the uh the new york state now approving the government gang there now approving a ban on certain types of cryptocurrency mining. Yeah, this is so bizarre to me. And I, I'm sure they'll have some weird explanation about how they're banning some crypto mining, but not other crypto mining. I, I could understand to an extent why they would want to ban like Bitcoin mining, uh, because it's so energy intensive, but it's not profitable in anywhere in New York to mine Bitcoin. Well, maybe it is if you have a hydroelectric dam. But that's not in the I city, thought there right? were better places. This isn't city. This is the state, the entire state yeah, no. of New York. Oh. Oh, okay. It now may be has- profitable, but I thought there were still much better places with hydroelectric. Around the world, I mean, yeah, just in the U.S. alone, oh, perhaps so. But there was a story on this show and within the last few years about a city in upstate New York that has a hydroelectric dam, and it's a power generation thing, right? Like yeah. they they generate power there and they they feed that power out to the town, but the dam decided that they were going to go ahead and. Uh, do Bitcoin mining there. Because yeah, why not? You why got not? water, you got electricity. That's and, the two things you need. Right. And in a lot of cases, you actually have extra electricity, right? You've, yeah. you've, you've, you've generate a certain amount per whatever kilowatt hour of electricity from this water that's running through the dam. And if people in the town don't use that power, well, you don't just get to store it somewhere, right? Like, well, I'm sure it's they gone. have ways of storing some of it. I mean, I'm, there are batteries and that, that yeah. sort of thing. But for the most part, if you can't use that power in that instant, it's not very useful, right? Like, it's you got to spend I it. I know. It's kind of like a waste because you spend energy making the energy or getting the energy. Yeah, I mean, it's a net loss. I mean, even nuclear energy, you only get back like 5% of the energy that you put into it. You just have it in an easily harnessable way all at once. Hmm. Really? Nuclear is... Only I think it's only five percent efficient. I'd have to double I'm, check. I'm surprised if that's. Uh, but that's, that's one of the, the more efficient ones. Are there factories in the same town? Are no, they going to get cracked using... down on? No, no, only cryptocurrency. Yeah, in this case. Stupid. And cryptocurrency isn't reeling from the collapse of FTX. I mean, it's pretty much about where it has been for the last it year. It took or a so. dive. It took a little dive. Yeah, for, for the a, price, about twenty percent ish, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, that's not like, like 20 reeling. to 16, 20, What about the like trading volume every day? Is it still? It's a good question. We should we should look at that. That I feel like has more to do is more indicative than just the price of activity. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Are people just getting out and staying out and never touching crypto again? No, um, certainly not. I mean, the, the FTX thing has people spooked, but the, 
Most people, I think, understand that cryptocurrency survived Mt. Gox. Yep. It survived the one in Canada. It survived all of them, and it's going to survive this. You are listing other exchanges that have gone out of business for various reasons. Quadriga CX the was the Canadian yeah. one, and it's remarkably similar to this FTX one, where you had this just this shady guy who seemed to be embezzling money, stealing from the company. As mm-hmm. you mentioned recently, these, the FTX guy, all of their wallets started getting hacked like right before they filed bankruptcy. The same <laughs> night, the night yeah. of. He says, yeah. wow, this sucks so bad. He, well, all we had here was, was a scammer, a, a hacker, an IT pro, mm-hmm. a, a crypto pro, yep. who started a company with the sole purpose of building up a reputation as an honorable person that we need regulation so yep. that you would trust him and send him your money so that he could take it all and go fake his death in Thailand. Some pe- Well, that part hasn't happened yet. But it will. But some people suspect that he's actually a government agent, that this wasn't just a scam artist, just your normal average uh, confidence man. This was somebody who's like backed by government agencies, whether it be the CIA or the Mossad or something like that, that, that their goal was specifically to engineer something that would call for even more regulation. Let's go to Greg. He's in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Greg. Yeah, I didn't know anything about that law. That's interesting. Um, I wanted to talk about sort of a software that is open source versus software that is privately owned. Sure. And, you know, I think what you have to differentiate the front end software from the back end. You know, so the front end, like the browser, has always been kind of open because you could, it's on your computer, so you could disassemble it, right? You could look at the HTML source code for the website. And if you are running smart contracts on an Ethereum node, then you could even look at what the smart contracts say. So that's all cool. And I think Mm -hmm. that led to a lot of innovation, right? Ethereum and that whole thing, whether it's Polygon or, um, you know, whether it's uh, Binance Smart Chain, whatever it is, they're all supporting open source smart contracts in that language, which is EVM. and so, you know, Ethereum virtual machine. And the same thing with HTTP and HTML and CSS. So it has led to so much. But on the back end, okay, in Web 2, not in Web 3, because Web 3 is run by a bunch of nodes that all, you know, see the source code. But on Web 2, the special class of computers called servers, right? And they're behind, um, you know, they're behind a firewall maybe. But the point is you can't get in. You can't go and see what Twitter is storing on their servers, mm-hmm. right? Right. And it's so it's closed source, as they call it. It's closed source. Mm-hmm. And whether it's your bank or whether it's Twitter, or whether it's your favorite, you know, website, what what's going on there, which is not web three, it's web two, is basically it's it's a separation between the users, right, and the software. So every time you you want to beg Elon Musk, hey, could you add like an edit button to Twitter? And I edit my tweets or this or that, right? Mm-hmm. There's one solution for everybody. And it's called censorship also. It's like if they don't want you on the platform, you're gone. Yeah, but this but has like, nothing to do yeah. with Web 2 versus Web 3.0. I, I, I realize that's the topic you're passionate about, but this is just Elon Musk and Twitter versus like Mastodon. It's just that one is decentralized and open source and one is closed source. There's plenty of open source stuff that's been existed on Web 2.0 since Web 2.0 came into existence. Well, yeah, I know. I've run a company for 10 years called Cubix, which, you know, has been around since before I knew about Bitcoin. And uh, that's Web 2.0. The thing is, with Web 2.0, you do get a free market if it's open source like Mastodon. But you still have a landlord. There's still someone running the instance, right, and the node mm-hmm. uh, who sets the rules. 
And that's fine. What I'm saying is we're starting to decouple the infrastructure from the account, right? From the, so you could have an account and there's nowhere in particular that is like the, you know, the network for that account. It's everywhere. People like Jack Dorsey, the former CEO of Twitter, uh, has been working on what he calls a Web5 project or Web5 components. Now, again, I don't know what Web4 is. <laughs> I'm not sure if there is a Web4. Well, we don't know what, what Web3 is at this point. Yeah, it seems like they're getting a little ahead of themselves, but whatever. They can label whatever they want is whatever they want to label it. But, uh, you know, without getting too technically detailed, because I have no real uh, conceptualization of how this works, the article I pulled up from Coindesk doesn't really go into the technical details, but they do talk about uh, initiatives to create what are called decentralized identifiers, with the concept being that your account is your account, your identity or whatever is your identity, and you wouldn't be able to... Necessary. I mean, they could probably ban you from a certain service or something like that, but they wouldn't be able to like wipe you out from the internet. Sort of like what Coinbase. I mean, not Coinbase. uh, Keybase was doing, but grander. It sounds like maybe I did read something at some point about this, and it did a better job of explaining it. But I don't think I bookmarked it. Well, like. The thing I want to wonder, or uh, it makes me wonder, is just like, I don't understand what what's the point of like, why do they want so badly to identify and confirm people? Well, I don't it's think it would like, be about your identity per se. Like, it wouldn't necessarily have to be Bonnie Freeman. It might just be, you know, some other name that you have created that is an internet identity. Now, I'm not saying that's it per what se I meant be, when I said that I think these IT people have gotten lost in their own little worlds. I had a conversation with one very similar to Greg who had this idea that everyone would run their own social media server and it would reach out and interact with other people. Basically, everyone mm-hmm. would run their own Mastodon, except it was more than Mastodon. It would also have this social credit system and all of well, these that's other... that's what Greg was basically saying. Yeah, and all of these other wonderful little things. And if you and I were friends, then our servers could talk to each other mm-hmm. and there would be a reputation system that established that. And it's like, okay, guys, all of that sounds cool, but why... why we have the same thing sitting here in the room next to each other. The, Can the, your grandma run the server? Yeah, no, certainly not. Right. But the servers are completely superfluous to the reality. They're just these things. They're digital manifestations of a friendship that literally exists in person. And mm-hmm. we live in a world where people are trying to go away from those digital manifestations of friendship. So I don't see the point. And I think the world they're trying to build is never going to come to fruition. Uh, I did find a better article here from makeuseof.com. What is Jack Dorsey's Web 5 and how will it work? And their subheadline is, we're only just getting into Web 3, yet some are already talking about Web 5. They point out that over the past few years, powerful companies like Facebook, Google, and Amazon have taken more control online. Each platform has its interest goals and plans to profit from us in one way or another. Not necessarily because they want to, but that's because... How capitalism works. What's well, a silly statement? People could always just make their own websites. So I don't get what the need is. People can make their own websites and email each other like this right isn't now. This is about websites. It's about, I think it's more about identity. I, I'm not saying it's about that. I'm just saying yeah. that, like, if you wanted, it's my own page and it's my own, it's going to be all about me or whatever. Like, you could do that now. You can definitely create a digital identity for yourself. I mean, but you can't plug that print. into other websites. You can go and create your own website, is what you're saying, but you can't use that to log in 
to Facebook, or you can't use that to log in to Twitter. Because well, yeah, you, but you sort of can in the way that I was getting at. Disregarding websites, you mm-hmm. can already create your own digital identity online. Aria Demetso existed online for years sure. before I existed here as a physical person. But when you go and you register for Twitter... Uh-huh. You have to plug in an email address. You have to plug in a password. All belonging to this, uh, this who was then this non-existent person named Aria Demetso. Sure. It was just a fake online identity at that point. Right. And But I think what they're saying here is that if Twitter, you know how there was up for a while, and it probably still is a thing, you could go to some websites and would say, log in with Facebook, mm-hmm. log in with Google, or like in small text, you could create an account on that actual website. Yeah. Well, what happened was, was if you logged in with Facebook for a bunch of these sites and then Facebook deleted your account because you said something that was upsetting or whatever, what happens to all your logins for those other sites that were relying on Facebook? Yeah, they, they presumably get deleted. This you is why people got kicked off their Oculuses and stuff like that. Yeah, you, you basically become a non-existent uh, entity on those other sites that you went through. Oh, you, oh, it's convenient. Oh, I'll just use my Facebook account. Whoops, Facebook decided you shouldn't exist anymore. Right? There's probably a way to recover that, but you would have to go through Maybe. the trouble of doing it. So verify. So here are three features of Web5, they say, that'll make it different from the previous web editions. Verifiable credentials is number one, which will allow you to have exclusive access to your data without the involvement of third parties as currently exist in Web3. They're calling this the self-sovereignty of the user. Those are words I like. Yeah, but it's already the case. Everything that's online about us is stuff that we put online. So I mean, we could just stop putting it online. I think they're talking about this would be a credential, right? Like you're... You're, you guys are going back to having websites and things like that. They're saying this would be... No, I'm talking about just a person's data. That's what they said. You know, it's about ownership of your data. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds... Please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com, or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show, at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.